In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled. It is the real stories behind success. My name is Tony Grubmeyer. This is episode number 69. Today, we're going to go up Success Mountain with a very special woman. She is the founder of Walking Inside Resources, a coaching and consulting company delivering self-awareness tools, skills, and techniques that empowers her clients to take charge of every area of their lives, both personal and business. She is also an emotional intelligent coach, speaker, and author of The Emotionally Intelligent Way. It's a series of about 25 books that include adult fairy tales for developing emotional intelligence. Learn more at walkinginside.com. And we're going to get into a whole bunch today. Anne embodies what she wishes to see more often in our world, an empowered woman who leads from her own heart and success stories are going to flow today. Please welcome to the show, Annie Billiou. Hi. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, let's get the question off the table, then we'll have fun going up Success Mound today. What is your definition of success? My definition of success has has changed tremendously over the years. At first, I would have told you it was how much money I had in the bank, how many diplomas I had. It was all the stuff that was external to me. But now, success is being able to be present right now in this episode with you, that is success to me. Being present when my child speaks to me on the phone without judgment, without trying to tell them what to do, that is success to me. It has changed tremendously. Interesting. So I I can relate, right? Because at first it's like, go to school, get good grades, get a good job, make money. Everybody talks about it kind of from childhood to, you know, becoming able to pay for your own bills. You need money, right? You need money. But then somewhere along the way, something changes. And we're going to get into that today and figure out how that switch got flipped. But a little bit about you and your backstory. Where are you from? I am from Quebec originally. I stayed till I was 16 and I entered university at 16. So I'm okay. a French-speaking Canadian girl. <laughs> Do you spend much time in the U.S.? Do you get over here? I do from time to time. I try to go at least once or twice a year. What would you say are some really great things that you remember about your childhood, maybe education, that really kind of impacted a little bit about who you are today? If I may, I will flip this question on its head. Sure. My childhood, by most people's standards, was what you might deem horrific. It was my mother was psychotic. Clinically, she was pregnant with the child of Jesus Christ. My whole childhood, ghost children. My father was a sociopath who killed my kittens in front of me by putting them all in a, what do you call that, potato bag, potato sack, and smashing their head. I was seven years old. That is just like the tip of the iceberg. 
So if that question had been asked to me in the past, I would have said nothing. But these people, they actually showed me what compassion is. They have been my greatest teachers. Because one of the, the greatest thing about compassion is that we're able to run scenarios. What can make someone do this? And from that place, I ran so many scenarios <laughs> that I, <laughs> I developed compassion. Well, no, I, and, I, and I get it. And, and one of the interesting facts, and like I've done a lot of study, and it sounds like you've got a lot of degrees and you've written a lot of books, so you're, you're, you're kind of in the path, in, if not the expert on this conversation today. By the time I was seven or eight, I already had a lot of distinctions and I had a lot of things about who I was as a human being already shaped and I was already kind of living in them. One of the things that I love to go to is the socks that you put on today or the underwear you put on today or the other pants you put on today. Do you remember if you went left or right when you first put them on? Yeah. For me, I would say one of the, those greatest memories was my cat, Grizzly. Yep. He was a, what you would call that a stray cat. Yep. My brother had found him behind a pile of logs. He was working for one of these woodcutting companies and he brought it home and that thing was as wild as it could be. It had shit all over the wall. He had no <laughs> idea. And I was probably, I don't know, eight years old. And I put my father's working gloves on. I grabbed the towel. I went in that room. I closed the door and I was like, me and that kitty, we're going to make friends. And he became like my pet. So that was like a great memory. Any brothers, any sisters? I do. I'm the fifth one out of six children. Your, your relationships with your siblings, good or bad today? No relationship. So you, would you say you, you really just distanced yourself as far as you possibly could from the family that brought you into this world and then your upbringing with your siblings? Would that be a fair kind of label? Not really. In the sense that, in, in their view, when I, I was so delusional, massively delusional. Everything, example that I've shared with you so far, it was like a brush aside. Hmm. It was, uh, so I was so focused on reinventing myself, building the white picket fence, getting married, having three kids, that if people met me, they thought I was the epitome of success back then. I had all the diplomas, all the right stuff. I never really looked at my past. When I started looking at my past and I embraced vulnerability, because vulnerability is key to owning our past, my family had a very hard time with it. They were like, why are you talking about this? Why are you writing posts about this? Why are you writing blogs about this? Because I wanted to help other people. I wanted to help myself and help other people. And for them, one by one, they, they walked away. They believe personal development is like some kind of a cult. <laughs> it is. It's a good cult. I drink Kool-Aid every day. I really, really like it. <laughs> so, okay, I get it. But, you know, it's, uh, you literally had to go and redevelop who you were. And, and see, I'm a big person of reflection. I think we followed each other for a while. And, you know, I'm always going back because it holds the key to where I want to go. Because patterns and habits live in my past, right? So I can see certain things and I go back. So I don't really believe that we replace habits necessarily like in the sense of like, you know, I'm an alcoholic, right? So I, I just replaced that with something healthier and I moved it. I'm always an alcoholic. It's always sitting there. If I can really easy go back to my addictive personality. What are some things that you realize that you had to shape or change 
you know, caused some distractions. It caused some hurt. It caused some pain. But on the other side of it, today we're talking, you know, from walkinginside.com, we're talking about resources and consulting and building an emotionally intelligent coach business and speaker and writing books and all these wonderful things. So something of a transformation has taken place, right? Because you're still that sweet little girl at seven years old who saw what she saw, but has been able to break free from that and go and help other people who go through similar scenarios in life and how they can deal with their issues. So it sounds like something changed. Do you know what that was? One of the biggest change, instrumental, at the, before we go deeper into it, my definition of addiction. If you had asked me 20 years ago what an addiction was, I would have said to you, alcohol, drugs, gambling, sex, eh, stuff like that. And working with Morpheus, a.k.a. Dolph Barron from The Matrix, I got to understand that my addictions, they, that I was an addict. I had to admit that, that I am an addict and I will always be an addict. And my addictions were, I was a victim. I was full-blown victim. It was like, look what happened to me. Look what they did to me. Is it any wonder my life was, was what it was? So I was addicted to shaming. I was addicted to blaming. I was addicted to pleasing others. I was addicted to taking, feeling responsible for everybody's happiness around mm. me. Jeez. And I remember I wrote a post once that shocked Facebook. Oh, I got blocked on so many levels. And I had written how I, by being a people pleaser at the time, I was no different than a prostitute because I could see myself in the eyes of a prostitute. And all the people pleaser out there were like so pricked. They were like, how could you say that stuff? You're sweet, you're kind, you're compassionate. And I was like, what does a prostitute do? And they were like, well, they, they sell their goods to the highest bidder. I said, what does a people pleaser do? They sell their soul to the highest bidder. That person who's going to give, they think is going to give them that love and attention. So for me, when I started looking at addiction, what it was and seeing where in my life was I behaving like an addict, that's when I started taking ownership of my life. No, I like that definition. I mean... I woke up today an addict and I'll die an addict. And that's something that I learned early on. You know, I'm the, I'm the guy who goes into the uh, cookie cabinet and grabs one Oreo and five minutes later, I've eaten the whole box, right? I just, I can't have one of anything and, and stop. So I've had to do a lot of work and I've replaced a lot of stuff and I spend my own personal time. I, I'm always in personal development. This conversation is about personal development. I, I try to intelligently have conversations around it. And now you know what you know today, right? So I'm going to, put this question in a way, hopefully both of us can get it. Do you feel like the conversations you engage with today are more fulfilling than they were in the previous? And number two, do you kind of gravitate towards conversations that challenge you and cause you to go to a little bit of a depth, not in a negative, but in a positive? My conversations today are much more fulfilling because I am more present. And uh, to answer your second question, is I am letting go of wanting to be right. Therefore, when someone challenges me, I welcome it. I want to learn. I want to know what I can do different. 
and how I can be so I can use all of this to be of service to myself and service to others. It's always about something bigger than us. Now, you said you had three kids. Yes. How, how do they play into your life today? What role are they in capacity-wise? Greatest teachers. I, I have uh, Alex is 24, my son. And I have two daughters, 22-year-old daughter named Dylan. And my youngest is 18. Her name is Laura. And they have held a mirror to me, to my face, showing me. I remember when I started waking up to who I was and what I was doing, the hurtful behaviors. And I walked to my daughter, Dylan. She was about 17 years old at the time. And I was crying. And I said to her, like, I am, I am sorry. I am sorry. I, I will change my ways. I am getting help. I will, I will be the mother that, that you deserve. And she looked at me and she said, you know, that's great. But I've heard this so many times. What tells me you're going to change? Time will tell. And I felt hurt because I had wanted that hug and that validation. But instead, I turned around. I was like, no, I'm going to become that mother. I'm going to become that leading example. And about a year and a half ago, she was over. And she was applying her makeup. And she was about to go out. And I was standing on the other side of the counter and she looked at me and out of the blue, she said to me, she said, remember that conversation that we had back then? I just want you to know you have changed and I'm so proud of you. It still gets to me. And I got that hug. So yeah, you play know, a the, big role. I can't tell you how many times I promised to change, right? I can't, I can't even begin to tell you, but I think... I call it the knock. It's part of what I talk about a lot, the knock. Some, some moment that causes you to stop and you really understand the depth of maybe what you've been doing or what you're currently doing and how it's not serving yourself and it's affecting others. And when that knock comes, you open it and it's either A, you shut the door as fast as you can and that was the wrong house, wrong person, or you realize that it was something of a breath of fresh air and ready for me. Cause you know, I, I tried to commit suicide. That's part of my knock that I, I received on my door. That knock has always reminded me. So in the back of your head, three years ago, you have this conversation with Dylan, life goes on a year and a half later without you even bringing it up, but you just being the change, you being the person that you always wanted to be. Then the acknowledgement comes and what it is, is probably, it sounds like, because it was for me, the first time that I was able to receive without needing to be the, hey, let me fix you. Let me try to help you. And I'm like, wow, like I just received love unconditionally from somebody. And they told me something amazing about me. And it was like, for you, probably just a reassurance that you're on the right path, right? Like having that like emotional moment that you just had, that means that it, it actually, to the depth of your soul, Dove and I always talk about, you know, your soul's purpose and trying to find it. Well, there was, right? And you could have probably closed up your coaching profession. You could have closed up everything because you did and you are doing the hard work, the deep work, the stuff that most people are so afraid of doing, maybe because they're afraid of what they'll find. 
But I'm so grateful for that moment, that knock moment in your life, because it probably, if not 100%, shaped you even more so to reaffirm who you are and the path that you're on and knowing the work that you're doing is causing change. The ripple effect from that conversation will never be forgotten. You'll always be able to go to it and you'll always be able to share from it. And that's one of those moments that lasts forever. It's like the, the knock never fades when you bring that subject up. You, you hear it loud and clear. I don't know if that resonates or not with you. It does. It's what I call a crystal fuel. It's like our, our, our pain, what used to be pain, is, is we feel the pain. And at the same time, we feel this, this new feeling that, that propels us forward, that, that makes us want to go the distance. <laughs> and when I put these two feelings together, for me, it's crystal fuel. And it, it, with that, instead of sitting, it's like, what else can I do? How can I use this to, to help even more people or to deepen my relationships? You mentioned earlier about receiving love. When I grew up, if someone said to me, I love, I love you, never believed it. Never did. Why would I? So the, the words meant little. And I, I kept observing people from far away. One of the first people in my life who showed me love without wanting anything in return is Dove Barron. And, he, and I was like this cat in, <laughs> that you put the cat on the cold water and he's looking, I'm looking at him and I'm like, who are you? And I remember the first time that he told me that I am a miracle, I burst out crying because it had never occurred to me. But it's all part of that receiving love. Yeah. You know, you talk about love, right? That's why the book that I'm working on says, I love you. I'm sorry. Goodbye. Underscore. It's all a lie. Because those are words that I heard growing up from different people and in different ways that really caused me to question love. And that was a big part of my upbringing into my marriage, into the way that I show affection or I'm cold in those regards. So, you, you experienced some similar stuff, at least the language of love, and then how you were able to have somebody say, Dove is, by the way, anybody listening today, Dove has been a guest on Be Fulfilled before, one of our dear friends, somebody who got us connected and allowed us to kind of have a conversation, right? There's people in this world who just uh, move so other things can happen, and Dove is one of those great people. So Dove's been in personal development well over 30 years, changed so many people's lives, so we'll, we'll find some uh, information and post it along. And Dove, I know you're listening as your star pupil. So you're going to be listening, right? So I love, I love when I get to talk about Dove because he literally came into my life two plus years ago at the right time, was introduced from a mutual friend. I got a chance to be on a show and I learned so much about him through the interview process, just as I'm learning about you today. And some things that come up is... What does a year and a half later look like in your relationship with Dylan now? With that word love, but like, mom, you have changed. And what does that look like from an impact standpoint in her life, but also in your life? Okay. In the past, my children were my everything. That's also what an addict does. My children were my everybody is my everything. <laughs> Without them, I am nothing. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> I can see you chuckling right now. <laughs> And this Christmas, my daughter came to me and she said, I need to find myself. I need to, to know who I am. 
away from your influence, away from, I, I just need to spend time with me. And she was able to articulate all this clearly at 22. So impressed. And what that meant, I asked her what that meant. That meant that she says, I might not have contact with, any contact with you over the next few months. You might get a text once in a while. You might, but please know that I love you. I just need to do this for me. The end now fully supports her. That, that need to individuate, to become her own person, to, to see what she wants in life, to, to test, to examine all her beliefs. I am able to do that. Many people would, might look at our relation, uh, relationship and might think, well, that's dysfunctional. But for me, this is a step forward, massive empowerment. No, thank you for answering that. What, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick little break. And, and what I want to come back and talk about is walking inside the resources, coaching and consulting, how, how you've been able to take I call it like everything sounds like you put it in a Vitamix and you hit puree and something magical has come from everything that you've experienced in life. And like, that's the Kool-Aid you're drinking today. Like, yep, this is me. I'm good. Sorry if you don't get me, but I know where I'm going and I get me. And that's really, truly all that matters, right? Like being in love with the person you are today, free of a lot of the things that were holding you back. And now being expressive enough to share your true authentic self with the world. That's what I want to talk about when we come back. And then I want to learn about the emotional intelligent coach. You've done some amazing stuff. A series of 25 books include adult fairy tales for developing emotional intelligence. So I'm fascinated about that. A lot of stuff we're talking about today, walkinginside.com. You can learn more. But this is what I love. This is the moment where you're kind of in that space of like, all right, I have done the deep work. I have come to this place and I want to come back down success mountain, knowing where we're going and what we're up to and how the world's feeling your impact, the, the, the decisions you've chosen to make, even having your daughter come and saying, Hey, I'm going to disconnect. I'm going to go do work. I love you. All those wonderful things, how that feels today, because that to me is a drastic change in the person that we started the show with learning about your childhood, seeing the visuals of those those images in my head, I, those are things that now I'm going to have to do some work to remove because that's emotional stuff that strikes a chord in my, my soul. And I just want to tell you, thank you for being on this journey with us. And uh, I hope you, the audience, sticks around as we come back with today's special guest right here on the Be Fulfilled Show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. But I know for a fact, that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. Looks like Tony's back with the Pellegrino. So let's get back into it. All right. We are back on the Be Fulfilled podcast show today. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. I love this lady. And, and one of the things that just keeps ringing true is your personality, your perseverance, your dedication, your heart, your understanding. And there's a lot of love, it feels, today through how you carry yourself. A lot of love from growing up without a lot of love 
expressed in a positive influence or a nice way. You've been able to kind of like flip it and you said something and I want to provide this opportunity for you right now. You said something about your kids being able to hold up a mirror and for you to see yourself. So if you take us back some years ago when that happened and then today, what do you think is the distinctive difference between those two and the image that you see of yourself today? Compassion. We talked about loving ourselves. The reason that how can we love ourselves? What does love mean? Love for me is acceptance, accepting what is, being present with what is, without judging. And the reason that I can do this now is I can feel myself in my body. I can feel what another person is going through. You talked about how I, I, can, I love people. And something that people say, like, I love, I genuinely love people. And people say, how, how were you able to do this? Because I remember something that Dove, Dove has been my mentor for, for five years. Every week I see him. And I had asked him once, like, why so much pain? Why did I have to go through what I went through? And I never forgot what he said. So we can be a light in the darkness of others. And I just thought, every time I think of it, it's I just want to embrace all these little children because we all have a child inside of us and just say, it's going to be okay. It's an awesome ride. It is going to be all okay because you got here despite, you know, I call it the good, the ugly, and the bad. You got here despite all of that. And all of that brought you to this very moment on the show. Like you ha- it's crazy. Like all of that you had to go through so you and I could get connected today. That means that you are on your right path doing the right thing. That's why I know I'm on my right path doing the right thing. So I'm, I'm, I'm blessed for this opportunity. Let's talk about walkinginside.com and what you do and how you really change the world and how you impact lives and, and how people can work with you. Those are the types of things I want to pull out of you now as we're I'm out of breath. So we're starting to walk down Success Mountain and getting into learning all about you at that level and how people can tap into your genius. Okay. Well, I'm an emotional intelligence coach and many people don't know what it is. The way I explain it is what we do is what we do everywhere. If, for example, if you had asked the old Anne, are you a team player? The old Anne would have said, yes, I am. And yet that woman at home, she would take her towels and she would fold them all the corners properly. And when her little children would be around her and fold the towels and they were not neatly folded behind their back, that woman would go and fold the towels properly. People would say, yeah, I do that. (laughs) But at work with colleagues, when stuff would come up, I would also find faults with what other people were doing. Instead of coming from a place of cooperation, I came from a place of judgment. So the one thing that I do that I'm, I believe I'm really good at is, and I keep getting better at it because I love this stuff. I eat it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and everything in between, is emotional patterns. What makes us do what we do? Some people say, what makes us tick? Why do we do what we do? And for me, once I can take that pattern, I can help my clients figure out what they want to do with that pattern. Do they want to continue it or do they want to do different? And what does different look for them? 
So that's the stuff that I do. I do it through speaking. I do it through coaching and through writing. Writing is a big thing for me. I love writing. Did you go to school for writing? Was it part of your education? Is it something you fell into? (laughs) When I was seven years old, I would go to bed at night and I would, uh, I could hear the rats in the wall and I would tell myself stories. I would stop being afraid and I would, I could, I could sleep at night. And then those stories, they stopped and I, I never, I don't have a degree in it. And I remember a few years ago, David asked me, what do you love to do? What is one thing you love to do? And I was like, uh, when I was seven, I love writing, but I am no writer. I said that to him. I, I had the audacity of saying that to him. <laughs> and look at me now. I've got 25 books and I've got another 15 down the pipeline. That's how far I look in the future. I, I think taking somebody who said to Dove, you know, I don't like to write or I do, but it's not necessarily anything great. And now you've written 25 and 15. Thank you for your contribution to making the world a better place and helping people because you said it, you know, we have this little kid inside of us, but I also believe everybody has a novel or a book or something to get out to the world. So many people are afraid of what the words are going to look like. And that's why my passion really became to put out a journal. I, I wanted people to have at least something that they could write and they see and tell themselves and put stuff down on paper so that they, they can say to themselves, like, it's always going to start where it starts, but it only ends when we decide to, it's over. Like in the mind of like, Hey, I'm done writing. I, I, this is not what I want. I didn't spend many years writing at all. And now I write every single day. I spend so much of my time, you know, at least putting something out into the world. I spend a lot of time in deep thought. So I would love to know a little bit, first, your kind of routine, your daily kind of routine. And then let's talk about how people can work with you. It's already resonating with me. And I believe my audience is going to get it and resonate with them as well. So I want to get people connected to you as a great resource. You're a special friend inside the Be Fulfilled community that I'm a part of, and you're an active contributor. So I know that you have that writing inside of you because that's how it shows up. So tell me a little bit about your daily routine. Do you have something you stick to or do you create it every day? (laughs) I'm going to make you chuckle now. The first time I got my beef filled journal, oh, I became angry because when you open the book, one of the first things is like, say three things that you're grateful for in the morning. So I would start doing that, but then I wouldn't do the night. Oh, I would do the nighttime because he would ask at the, you know, on the next page, say three things you're grateful for at night. And I would like, you know, forget it, make excuses. I've got too busy. I work too late crap another week's gone by it was just then I was like stop this is great stop and I started making it like the discipline the self-discipline the first thing I do every morning before I leave my bed state three things that I am grateful for and then I put my feet on the ground and while I have my coffee I state more things that I am grateful you know, it's crazy. And maybe this is the first time you've ever thought about this, but let's just say you just do three for 30 days. Every day you wake up and you put three into a book. How many things do you have that you're grateful for now? 90, oh right? 90 <laughs> things, right? And over a year, you've got over a thousand things that you're grateful for. This morning in the journal, when I was writing, I carry it with me, which is cool because I never would have carried the old way. Now that it's in a uh, box, it's easy for me to, you know, to carry it. 
So today, this morning, you know, I talk about people and, and, and how they show up in my world. And I talked about my wife today. I said, my amazing wife, Owen's happiness, which is my, my uh, youngest son who's about to graduate. And then Ethan about coming home. Like, those are the things that I, like, I spoke about this morning, right? But like, if I go and look at yesterday, it was other family members and, you know, just how they show up in this world. And then your name was all over my podcast list of things that I get to work on today. So then I schedule you into my life so I can't miss the opportunity to spend time. That's why the journal is so important for me because everybody goes, well, I have a Google calendar, I have an iCal. I'm like, that's awesome. Those things come at you because you set them. There's no intention today about these things unless you actually make attention around them. And it's really like clear. And so I, I want to know, so you do your journal, you do, or, or at least three things you're grateful for. You get up, you have your coffee, you get your, yeah. you know, your feet moving in the right direction. Do you jog? Do you do yoga? Do you meditate? Tell me a little bit about that. I meditate. I, I meditate twice a day. My first meditation of the morning is 30 minutes. Phone goes off. It's before I start coaching. It's before I start doing anything you could say with the uh, outside world. And I call that meditation conversation with my little girl. It's a child inside of me. It's, I just go to that place within of gratitude. I am alive. I am breathing. I am, it's all that I am. And I just, I'm just intimate with myself. And in this place, when we, when we let it happen, we, the gratefulness comes up. Maybe it's the same for you, but for me, it's like this wave that comes up. How and, much do you enjoy just sitting in like in your bed or like at a table, just, just like finally putting the oxygen mask on yourself first, just making you a priority? Oh, I do. I, every morning I wrap myself in a blanket. I have my coffee. I walk my dog. I have a 16 year old dog. Oh. So I love walking my dog. What kind of dog? He's a Lassa Apso. His name is Lucky. Lucky. I like that. Yeah. I think it's super important companionship. Like uh, I had my dog, I brought him in for a few hours today at the office and he brought so much joy. And then I, I he's like a year and a half old. He's got more energy than most dogs I've ever seen. And then I have a, a soon to be 14 year old Yorkie and they just bring so much joy to your life, right? They, uh, yes, we have to clean up after them, but that's the least of the things that I worry about. Like, you know, it's like, Hey, that's just a benefit. Let's talk about you as a speaker. What kind of stages do you enjoy getting on and, and types of audiences you find yourself best suited to be on stage or around? Well, I do inspirational speaking. You're, not, so you're, you're, you're inspirational by, by, by <laughs> no, you are. I mean, and, and I say that in a really beautiful way that there is a lot of inspiration in your tone and in your voice. So you, you like to do inspirational speaking. Do you have, do you have a, maybe an event you've done in the past that has just been one of your favorites? Yeah. Embracing the gift of every situation. That was like one of the talks that I really enjoyed. And it was like when we stop and, and everyone is a gift. And that when we take the time to unwrap this gift, we were so grateful and present with everything that that person has to offer us. That is one of my favorite talks, yes. And so here, here's the thing that we're going to rock into right now. We're going to take you into the fulfillment round. All I need out of you is I am ready. I am ready. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. 
No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? If you were to go out tonight and you only had two options, go to a rock concert or a comedy show, what would you choose? (laughs) Comedy show. All right. Do you have any favorite comedians you grew up watching that you uh, just really love? Uh, so I have to go back in French. Not really. We, no. Oh, Dominique Michel. She was a French lady when I grew up. Tiny little thing, blonde, but super funny. She would be like, uh, what's his name? The one who, Jimmy Fallon. She was a type of comedian. I love that. If you were to go tune on, turn on like Spotify or Pandora or something like that, what kind of music would we find you listening to? Oh my goodness. Bachata. I love Spanish music. Love bachata. Very cool. I like that. Are you a product of the 70s, 80s, or 90s? I am a child of the 80s, baby. <laughs> Do you remember, um, did you ever watch MTV back in the day? You ever have uh, when I was uh, 18, 19, yes, when I started learning English. So French is your, your main form of communication, and then English is just something you, you needed to learn along the way. Was it taught in schools for you? Barely. In high school, very, very little. So I I decided that I would become bilingual. And the way I did that, I went to do a bachelor's degree in translation. Go figure. People said, why do you do that? I want to learn English. I want to learn it well. (laughs) I had issues. (laughs) No, I love it. Let's talk about places you've been in the world that have left you feeling like you can't wait to get back. Any any place you said, you know, America you've been, where where are some other places you've been that have left you kind of like, I can't wait to go back? Shanghai, China. I lived 10 years in China. I love China. And anywhere in in that country, I feel very much at home. All right. Well, we'll take you down that street right now in Shanghai and ask you another question. Would I catch you on a bicycle riding or on the back or maybe even riding a motorcycle? Walking. You would catch me walking. (laughs) Because I would be on Nanjing Street and I'd be shopping. I like it. I, I think it's great. Something that you look forward to every day through the work you get to do. Just being the coach of someone. Just having that, that amazing privilege of having someone talk to us, talk to me about what they're going through is such an honor. That just there, like I'm already standing up and clapping my hands. No, I, I think it all kind of goes back to the beginning when I asked you the definition of success and multiple things came up, but I really think the one that st- stood out, it was the one that I, I wrote down, which was being present. And you made a statement around like this call or, you know, if it's with your friends or your family or your kids or whatever it may be, it's like, that's when you know you're doing what you need to be doing when you're there. Cause I don't believe there's anywhere to get, I don't believe there's anything that, you know, once you get it, then what now you want something else. Like you're just going to have this. That's a, that's an addictive personality, which is great, but I don't think it's a serving addiction. I think it's actually a really bad way to live your life. But when you said being present, you know, it makes me snap. It makes me come into this moment. All the distractions go by the wayside and you get really clean and really clear and you get really focused on why you're here and the gift that you have to offer the world. So 
from how we started the show until we ended the show, is there one question that maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking, man, I wish Tony would ask me that I didn't. And if so, would you share it with us today? Question would be, what is the one mantra you go by that when the going gets tough, because we all have moments, that I go back? That's the question. Okay. Well, what's the answer? Is I have a piece of white paper on the wall and I have a sentence written. I am choosing to feel this way. That's what's written. So when I feel great, I look at it. When I feel bad, I look at it. <laughs> and then I make a different choice. <laughs> I love it. So Anne Beaulieu, thank you so very much for giving your time, your heart, and just being an amazing human being who is out to, to make the world a better place. Thank you for being a guest today on the Be Fulfilled Show. Thank you for having me. We will make sure we put everything in the show notes today available at TonyGrubmeyer.com. And that is Anne. My name is Tony. And until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you choose to do, I just hope in this very moment you make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.